Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode, bonus episode, perhaps, of No Means No Thing, the podcast dedicated to the ridiculous task of trying to find the objectively best No Means No song of all time. I'm your host, Jordan. I'm joined by Michelle. Say hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> and uh, Matthew. Hi there. And today we have a very, very special guest, right. which you, you already know about because <laughs> it's probably the episode title, so I won't be cute about it. Jason Lamb. Yeah. If you're listening, hi. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm flattered. This is awesome. Yeah, normally we're trying to find the absolute best song. Tonight we're trying to find the absolute biggest nerd. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can compete with you guys even close to biggest nerd Pro- territory. Probably. My God. Okay, probably giant not. book project doer. <laughs> <laughs> so, enough, Jason, yeah. I, I have to admit that really, in a certain sense, you're responsible for the genesis of this, right? It, because seeing oh. you, seeing you, uh, seeing that you were writing the book and fucking losing my mind out of excitement <laughs> about it made yeah. me kind of think, shit, there's no, no one's doing a I podcast. There's this, this. there's this renaissance <laughs> in no means no world happening and they yeah. represented it in all media. So I got that wild hair on my butt hearing about your project and, and the rest is, <laughs> uh, is infamy, I guess, rather than history, but so, well, so here we are. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And actually, I think I mentioned this to you. Um, first of all, congratulations on the popularity on your podcast. It's awesome. It really is. Everyone, everyone loves it, including myself. Um, and it's actually really great because although obviously in the book, we're going to be covering the albums and the songs, it's not going to be song by song, breaking things down. I just, other, that's a whole other book. Do you know what I mean? Or, or 10 other books. So it's really cool that you guys are doing this because it kind of covers that for me. Do you know what I mean? So that I right. that won't, won't feel as bad not doing that in the book. Because I never yeah. was intending to in the first place. So, yeah. Synergy. If that makes sense. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it does. It's been interesting yeah. at these uh, seemingly resurgence. Maybe it's because I'm paying more attention or there are more avenues for it. But finding a couple of people out in the wilderness, uh, like our new friend Mika from... Uh, well, he lives in, he's a Finn from, from Hungary and people who October. weren't aware of, of the community. And I'm kind of asking myself, you know, is it, is it isolation from COVID that's contributed to this apparent resurgence and in interest in no means no, or is it just mm-hmm. a regular grieving period since 2016? Right. <laughs> it's the first time everyone can talk about it. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's also not letting a good thing die because let, let, let's, let's, let's face it. Like we've all been affected by this band and, it's just too good, and we're probably at that age where you might want everybody off your lawn, but damn it, when you're going to be sitting in your lawn listening to what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like and, you know, uh, as I, much as I hate Facebook, that Facebook yeah. group that we're all a part of, that it was where I heard about your book, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's done quite a bit uh-huh. in, in bringing some of us nerds together. Mm-hmm. It has, and it's also a rare example of a Facebook group that is – 95% civil. I rarely ever see anybody right. be a dickhead on there. A couple of times it veered into to some political stuff I saw like a year or two ago. But um, compared to other Facebook groups that just devolve into ridiculousness, it's actually, it's all cool people because no means no fans tend to be fairly intelligent, well-rounded, right. decent yeah. people, right? They, so, they really do, yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. good people and uh, good good moderation as well. I think good, people yeah. for good, good people for good music. Hey. There you go. Exactly. What, what was yeah. that? That cramps thing. Bad music for bad people. Bad music oh, right. for bad people. Good music for good people. That, that's nice. one of the greatest album covers ever. That oh, weird zombie it. face guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Jason, I mean, you're first of all, you're our first interview. So congratulations on that. I guess. Yeah. Thank you very you much. Us for land in this interview. Yeah. Uh, we're super excited. Okay. And, yeah, I, you had to go through my people and get. Yeah, I know. You know, I so did. It, it, was, it, was, down. it was pretty fucking hard, but we managed to track you down. Um, <laughs> a lot of what a wheels greased, unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and and in this interview, and I think in any future interview we do, unless it's we're lucky enough to interview one of the band members. And even then we might ask them the question that we really want to start with is mm-hmm. how did you find the band? What's your no means no origin story? Wow. Okay. How far back to, should we go here? Um, all the way. The okay. How far back does it to go? To the origin. Well, I'm from Victoria, BC, born and raised in this town, which is their hometown. Represent. Uh, yeah, represent. Exactly, Matthew. Um <laughs> And I lived here until I was about 24, and then I moved to Vancouver for about 12 years. 
um, and then uh, did stand-up comedy and waited tables there for a long time. And then I got into journalism, and because uh, I wasn't going to make a living being a comedian, so I ended up coming back to Victoria and working at a radio station here. Um, and I'm on the morning show at this radio station. And about ten years ago, I started a thing called the Punk Show on the Zone, which is the radio nice. station I work at. And uh, it started off as an online thing, and then they gave me uh, an hour slot on Friday nights at midnight, prime time. Um, <laughs> and but, but it's kind of cool because it's a commercial radio station, like a regular modern rock, whatever radio station. But they give me an hour of uh, commercial-free and uncensored radio time on Friday nights. Sweet. So I, wow. Yeah. And so I've been doing that for 10 years. And uh, with that show, I always... I've always loved interviewing people, so I did that a lot and interviewed all kinds of different punk people. Um, no Means No was always one of my absolute favorite bands. I started going to their shows in like 87, I think was my first one, maybe 88. Um, and uh, so... <laughs> me and Jordan it, are like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> so it was a bucket list for me to interview No Means No because they're like one of my favorite all-time bands. They happen to be from here. Of course, they don't live here now. And so I got an interview with John Wright was the first one. It was on the phone. It was when he was putting out the punk, punk rock beer, um, like 2015, 14, right. uh, maybe even 13. Anyway, and that went well. And then I got another uh, phone interview with Tom Holliston and ended up getting a second phone interview with John Wright. And then when they came to town for their in- induction to that Western Canadian Hall of Fame thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Their publicist, a girl by the name of girl, a woman by the name of uh, Melanie, uh, who became has been a friend of mine for years now. She hooked up an interview with the guys in person um, the day that they were getting inducted. Rob wasn't doing interviews at that time anymore, so it was just uh, Tom and John and in their dressing room. Right. And I right. so that was my first time like meeting them, other than just being a fan at their gigs and not knowing them at all. And that was so I had that little connection already. Like they weren't my friends at all, but I interviewed them, so they kind of knew who I was. I wasn't a total stranger. Uh, and then, do you want me to tell you? So then, just over a year ago, so February of 2020, right before the pandemic was ramping up, um, I'm like, for a long time in my head, I'm like, no one's ever written a proper book about No Means No. There was Look there was one you. little there was one Look little thing. No, I'm um, look. Hey, I'm living but, for this thing. I can't. Yeah. I can't tell you enough. Oh, shit. I, I'm living for this. So, and just for like you know a life goal, I've always wanted to write a book. I always thought it would be cool to write a book. I've never done that. Uh, but no one's ever like there should be like an anthology story thing with lots of you know because no means no is so visual as well as obviously music. Right. Um, so I kind of I wrote up this big proposal that I was really proud of, and I got a hold of Melanie and I said, could you? forward this to the guys i want to write a book about nobody's Snow. and she said yeah i can i can send it to john and she said and i knew this kind of already she said there's a good chance they're going to totally ignore you and i said yeah i know and she said or they might say no or maybe john might say he doesn't care but rob will say no or maybe you know so just be prepared for disappointment and i was totally prepared for disappointment and i don't know three weeks later i got an email from john wright saying uh we got your proposal and uh we think it's kind of a cool idea. You can talk to me anytime, and Rob will do an interview with you, and Holy I can hook shit. you up. And I was like, "What, really?" And, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And from there, I don't know. Like, I mean, where am I at now? It's insane. And so, like, since then, I've I'm in the cir- inner circle with those guys now. I've I've visited them. I talked to Rob and Tom and Andy and John constantly. It's crazy. That's fucking, fucking crazy. great. Holy, it's shit. fucking you crazy. Won. Yeah, you fucking won the lottery. I did. That's I don't know. Amazing. It's, it, don't it's you pretty feel wild. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I. I. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's. It's, it's really bizarre. I never thought it was going to get to this. Like, I, I had sort of fantasies. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I got to meet them and they were like cool with the book? And wouldn't it be great if like John, you know, showed me some of his stuff? Well, all of that and more has fucking happened. It's like. Well, it's your karma coming back to you, man. It's fucking great. I don't know. That's fucking I don't know great. what I. I don't. Yeah. So. It's pretty cool, well, and they're the nicest guys have, in the world. You also yeah. have the the goodwill, the, the you know all of that goodwill and energy of the entire community. Like once they heard you were doing this, I think yeah. so many fucking positive vibes came flowing your way. Scooper. Yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. Yep. You can't you can't say enough about that. Like, just, sorry, I know you got gone to other questions, but like the community of no means no fans, like it actually makes me a little bit almost emotional sometimes. So I, when I sit and think about 
all the people that I've met and talked to all over the fucking world now yeah. in this past year. Uh, you know, I've talked to people on the phone in Finland, and I get mail from Poland and stuff. Um, I don't think there's a lot of bands like this that have that kind of effect on people um, on that deep level. It's 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 pretty powerful, man. It's because yeah. we yeah, all sir- know a deep secret. We just know this big fucking. It feels deep like that, right? And we, it does yeah, feel like that. Yeah, it does. totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, there, there is a, some some common core. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, you could name a lot of bands that are more more well known, um, mm-hmm. and you could find fans all over the place. But I don't know whether it, it would be it's sort of instantly so congenial. I don't know what it is about it. It's difficult to describe. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I will say quickly, like I think that I, you know, I, I worked hard for all of this stuff, obviously, but there was some luck in the sense that I think I managed to catch them right at a moment where enough time had gone past since they retired, where they right. were getting a, a little bit kind of nostalgic maybe, or, right, or right. open to this kind of thing. Cause they're not normally the kind of guys that would say yes to this kind of thing. Like they, in the right. past they've said that, you know, um, there's been documentary filmmakers that approached them and they said, nah, we're not interested. And so I, my timing was accidentally good. That's you fucking know. great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank God. You. Oh, <laughs> lucky for the rest yeah. of us. Lucky for the yeah. rest of us. So I, I want to actually push you farther back, though. Okay. I want to ask about what your origin with the band was as a fan, right? Like, how did you find them way back in, in sure. 87, 88? How did that start for you? All right. Well, I just I just turned 50 years old. So I, I was... Uh, yeah, I think m- many of us yeah. are, are right there. Right around that area there. Um, I started getting into punk music. I was never really, like, I never dressed the part. I was kind of a nerdy class clown kind of guy, but I was into all kinds of different it's stuff. Like uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're all uh, raising nice. our hands to the, yeah, yeah. the listeners. Um, so I remember the first punk that I, other than like Sex Pistols and The Clash, which was already around, um, I remember somebody played me a, the Dead Kennedys in God We Trust cassette, and that was like the first time I was like, wow, well, this is interesting. And then it was the Daigle Abortions, because they were local. And then uh, as far as No Means No is concerned, I have a... a pretty vivid memory of seeing the Sex Mad album at a record store um, and thinking it was a cool image, not ever having heard of the band. And I'm not sure if maybe somebody told me then that they're from Victoria. I don't know. I didn't buy the record at that time, but I remember thinking that's a, that's like a striking thing. Um, the first, and I'm not sure if I had listened to somebody maybe played me Sex Mad at some point. I definitely had heard the, the song Dad. Uh, the first album I bought was Small Parts, Isolated and Destroyed. Uh, so that came out in 88, right? Like early 88. Um, and I think the first time I saw them live was at the place called the Union Hall, um, which is really strangely, it used to exist in the same building as as the radio station I work at today. Oh, shit. Is really oh, cool. that's right. Yeah. Um, and that was a No Means No show. And I think the Daglos were on that show and Shovelhead. And uh, I would have been 17 at that point. And wow. uh, and then I was blown away, of course, like everybody is. I uh, probably, or I think I already had the album, but hadn't really given it a proper sit down. And after I saw them, I just lived yeah. that record for a long time. I mean, Small Parts is still probably my did. favorite record because it's of that. So and then I remember, of course, Wrong came out. I saw them like three or four times with Andy. And then... Uh, once or twice with Tom before I moved to Vancouver and then uh, a couple times over there. So like 20 or so times in total, something like that. So does that answer your question? So yeah, mid to later eighties. Nice. It did answer yeah. the question and it answers the question that Michelle and I get to hate you because you got to see Andy yeah. or show. So we both <laughs> barely missed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, which has been a constant source of tension between Matthew and, and right. uh, Michelle and I. Well, but, can, can, can I say something, too? Like, yeah. I, I listen to our podcast a bit just to try to figure out how to be less annoying. And <laughs> it never fails to amaze me what a treat this is to talk about this band with like-minded people. Because I, I got to say it again. I'm on, I'm on the East Coast, like East fucking Jesus. Right. And while while there's tons of great bands from the New York area and the East Coast and stuff like that, th- this band was like not really that known. So to Over there, right. With you, with, yeah, yeah, to sit here with you guys. I mean, I would have. Uh, I'm just very happy and content having to finally be able to talk to people about this band because 
I, I didn't have anybody to talk to about it or oh. figure out how to go see him or any, I had nothing, nothing. <laughs> so that Zero. sort of brings us to the, <laughs> the, 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 the this is uh, something we did in our, our first episode where we, we kind of, the, the origin story, you know, sort of how you found them, but also, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, for you to um, take on this project, I mean, obviously they've meant something to you for a long time. So what, mm-hmm. what was it about them? That, uh, that sort of sung to you uh, that over, over resonated for over so long and for so strongly. Uh, That's a good question. And this is where I'm going to feel dumb because I won't be able to express it the same way that I've, I've heard you guys be able to express things uh, in past podcasts. But um, I'm not too sure. I think for me, uh, I like the, the heaviness and the aggression of the actual style of, of punk music that it was. Uh, I'm not a musician, so... I appreciated just listening to them how that I knew they were incredibly skilled musicians, but I didn't know the, you know, the intricacies and ins and outs of time changes and, and all that kind of stuff like that for me was, it was just like, Oh, this sounds neat and cool, but it's hard. But for me, I think I've always been a huge comedy fan and that's why I got into stand up and, and like I was really into Python and Steve Martin and stuff when I was a kid to like an obsessive level. And I think that, something about no means no married like this aggression and angst with humor to with yeah. me that, that really, really spoke to me. Cause I love that weird little wink of humor that they had, even in these really mm. dark places. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I think I've always thought that the, the song dad is the perfect example because it's just this horrific song about abuse. I didn't live that life. So I couldn't relate to it on that level, but just listening to it, you feel like you can, but it's awful. It's about incest and abuse and, 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 then at the end, when Andy just says, "I'm seriously considering leaving home," it's just like, so fucking oh, good. God. It's, it's like sets the stage for everything that's to come, right? It yeah, does, and sure. I mean, you know, just the, and the imagery of the of Dead Bob on "You Kill Me" and the play on words and stuff they used to do, it all just appealed to me. And I and uh, I guess there was also a little bit of a hometown pride thing, knowing they were from here. I mean, sure, uh, God, they were the, can you imagine? They, yeah, I mean, they were the biggest band in Victoria easily when I went to go see them in those early days. I mean, right, you know, before Ron came out, they were, they were the kings of the castle here in that style of music anyway. Yeah. And Matthew's talked to us about that. He, he wasn't really aware of how wide their reach was when he, when he lived there, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. Did you have any sense for like what their reach was or kind of how loved they were outside of Victoria? Not really, no. And uh, this might even piss you, you and Michelle off even more. It's like back then. I'm already pissed, when, so just. When, <laughs> when, when I say they were the biggest thing in Victoria, Victoria is a, not a big town, and it was even smaller back then. Um, you know, they were still playing house parties and and small venues, and and they, but they were like, you know, you knew you were going to have a good time if you went to a No Means No show. Um, when they started going to Europe, and again, I wasn't really close enough in the scene to like, I didn't know them at all, of course. And I wasn't really friends with their friends. I was a bit younger. So, um, but what I've learned from talking to people is that when they started going over and doing European tours, the first one was 88. That's when people started to go, oh, fuck. Like they would come back with money and, and, uh, these, and they you were getting write-ups and maximum rock and roll and melody maker and stuff. And people were going, oh shit, like our little hometown buddies have made it big outside of here. For us, it was like, Every couple of months they'd play somewhere, so it was no big deal, you know. God damn it! I know. Can you believe this? Listen. Yeah, it does. It does make me. It oh does make me not mad, but just you know, jealous. No, I've also. I've that, I, I, I can't comprehend it. It's yeah, crazy. I, I think I think I've said elsewhere on the podcast that in in all for full earnestness and with no hyperbole. If I somehow found access to a real honest-to-God fucking time machine, <laughs> what I would do with it is, like, be myself back to some shows in Victoria and just stand mm-hmm. in the background for Andy Era shows. You know, that way I wouldn't step on any butterflies and fuck anything up, but I'd get to see some hella good music. I just, yeah. yeah I would, too, them. though, you know, because yeah. sometimes, you know, if they play a whole bunch of times, it's like, oh, no, me snow's playing again. Oh, no big deal right. again next time. <laughs> right. So, oh, yeah. And Matthew, I'm sure, like, like there, I didn't go to see them every time because it was always just like, oh, well, no. I can't, you know, there's a bigger party to go to or I'm, you know, feeling all that up for it. <laughs> They'll be and now I feel time. the same way. I would, you know, if I could go back in time, I'd go and see every single one I could. But they're at the yeah. Cedar Hill Rec Center. Wait, they're at the Rec I don't want to go to the Rec Center. <laughs> I, was at, I was at that. They actually played there twice. I was at the first one in 89. That was a, that was a, right after Ron oh, came shit. out. Oh, shit. 
Do you remember um, when that oh, dude shit. like climbed up the bubble, the tennis bubble, and slid down it with his knife? <laughs> yeah, and r- r- ripped the whole tennis bubble down with his knife. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Was that out of no means no show? Is that a Canadian thing? Tennis bubble? Do you know what that is? It's like no. an inflatable dome uh, where the people play tennis indoors, but it's like they oh, pump oh, air. Oh. Okay, yeah, right? and it's a, fa- it's like a fabric yeah. roof. Well, there's yeah, one of those that for golf too, I think. Yeah. So this place is called the uh, Cedar Hill Rec Center. Still exists, and uh, I don't think the tennis bubble's there anymore. But there was no. A tennis they have bubble. a rigid structure after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, but Matthew's right. I didn't witness it, but I remember hearing about it. I was there, and you know, the cops came and everything. But yeah, some dude uh, climbed up it and then just slid the whole thing down with his knife. People were so insane. Was... The punk scene in Victoria was nuts. Like there was crazy people in this town. I mean, the Daglo abortions were this other big band in Victoria. Yeah, and they right. were, you know, and so it was interesting there too, because very, two very different styles of music, two different, li- very different lifestyles. No means no, were pretty clean cut, straight edged guys. I mean, they drank and, and stuff, but, um, you know, maybe it was the people I hung out with, but it was, there was insane parties, man. And like, ro- almost like near riots quite often. And wow. you probably remember that, Matthew. Oh yeah, that's why yeah. Um, we've spoken a little bit. You, know, you and I were yeah. probably quite similar, a little younger, a little mm-hmm. nerdier, and sure. um, probably uh, maybe a little avoidant of... I, I probably didn't lo- listen to No Means Zone because I associated with them with things I didn't want to hang around so much. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It was scary. Like, if, it, you know, when you're 15, 16, you're just starting to go to these kind of shows, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Matthew, Fuck yeah. I'm not sure if we talked about this, Matthew. I was at that Roxy Theater show. It wasn't a No Means No show. It was Dayglows, Red Tide... Mission of Christ, and uh, there used I to be a there. there used to be a, a skinhead, a notorious skinhead in Victoria, and his name was Ski. And oh. uh, do you remember Ski? Yeah, he's all like reformed now, and, and apparently a decent person. But anyway, um, he used to cause all kinds of trouble. And this gig was at a movie theater. So he was a fuck Ski. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm just blabbing on, but but he, no, 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 no. This no. is golden. This uh, this game, this is like I say, not a no means no show. Is Daglo's show uh, at a movie theater called the Roxy Synagogue Movie Theater, which also still exists. And, synagogue uh, Movie Theater, like C I N E Gog, yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, oh, owned synagogue. by owned by a, a Jewish fella, and uh, that's right. actually that's who also great. owned the restaurant where the original um, prints of this the uh, the the front and co- back covers of zero plus two equals one in polyacus ah, up on sweet. the wall on the picture rail and they would not sell them to me but anyway yeah he owned Bastards. that restaurant and he owned the roxy synagogue that's correct yeah nicely <laughs> done howie siegel is his name and, and uh that's right and they get they had agreed to do punk shows and it was it ended in chaos and i remember being with my buddy dan uh, that would have been one of the very first punk shows i went to i think and uh we sat at the back because it was just terrifying they ripped all the seats out at the front and it was this massive mosh pit ski at one point got up to do a stage dive and everybody cleared and just <laughs> hit, hit the concrete pavement and people everybody just laid their boots into and beat the shit out of oh them oh my god and one of the like city gardens or something here yeah one of the Dayglos guys came out with the fire extinguisher and let it off inside the theater on everybody <laughs> and that was it the cops came and shut it down <laughs> that and that kind of stuff like happened fairly often in victoria like they, everybody wanted everybody wanted the shows to end be epic shows do you know what i mean it right was right of, it felt, it felt like up it. this is going to be the one that's the craziest whatever um, someone's gonna yeah. die right wow yeah. wow so, this bucolic little town that's known for being more british than the british and yeah. um yeah it's probably a response to that um that right there was just this, yeah yeah yeah, and how interesting to have No Means No, this really intense, aggressive band. But mm-hmm. the guys themselves are just yeah, seemingly right. I'm sure you know way more than I do, but they're just te- mm-hmm. fucking nicest, smartest mm-hmm. fucking dudes that yeah. are nothing like that. Right? Have no, no I'm sure have no truck with that kind of fucking scene at all. That's really interesting. Yeah, but they were part of that scene too. I right? Mean, yeah. To right. right. It, exactly. You know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, a... They had to. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Interesting. Man. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, Sounds like city gardens, I tell you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, maybe we should uh, dive into some book questions. I mean, I know I, I sure. probably have a couple, and I mean, I, I speak for. Well, first of all, there may be people listening to this. I doubt it, but there may be people listening to this who who don't really know about it, and you've 
intuited from now by, by getting this fucking far into the podcast that Jason is writing a book. Right. What what can you what can you tell us about? I know you've released some public information um, pretty recently about uh, you know rough project projections of uh, uh, publishing dates and shit like that. But what can you tell us about your actual plans for getting this published? Uh, well, um, yeah, and what's it going to be? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. I can tell you all. I can tell you all about that. It, it is going to get published. Um, I signed a publishing deal with uh, PM Press. They're they're a small publisher. It's nothing major, but the nice thing about them is they're based in uh, Oakland, California, California, and also over in the UK. So uh, obviously, nice. if you know if you know no means no, they have a massive fan base in Europe. So I wanted it to I wanted to make sure that things like shipping and all that would be mm -hmm. reasonable for the for the people over there. Um, the, I'll tell you about the book itself in a second, but it, the timeline is uh, I got to write this thing and have the manuscript to the publisher in the fall, probably October, and then they will officially announce it. The way publishing works, I've, and this is all learning curve for me. I've learned all of this going, you know, from from nothing. Um, they won't announce a book officially until it's basically ready to go, because otherwise they run the risk of announcing that things yep. coming and then the author dies or doesn't finish right. it or whatever um so even though i'm announcing it on facebook and with you guys and everything else i mean it's totally fine to do that but it, like as far as the publisher is concerned in the fall they'll have a cover to show everybody maybe a, a sample or two page of chapters get people excited some promo will happen in the and then they'll uh start getting it we'll start actually putting it all together properly and then in the early spring they will launch a pre-order type of a thing um i think they do it with pm sort of through a kickstarter but it's not a kickstarter to see if the book's going to get made it is getting made but it's a way to have tiers of packages that people can buy you can buy the book for whatever it's going to be i don't know let's say 40 bucks right the book is 40 bucks 40 dollars for us... fucking that book are you shitting me? <laughs> come on i don't know i don't know what it's it won't be more yeah, than right that. we'll have to see we'll have to see okay are you thinking that's too much michelle i'm not gonna no, no, i'll take a loan out if i need to man i want yeah. this fucking book i think with the <laughs> sort of collector nature that <laughs> sort of is revealing itself of no means no fandom you got to make sure it's not too cheap because people just buy it in shrink wrapping and hoard it yeah, i realize <laughs> that Right. Well, this is actually going to have to be a discussion probably with Ramsey at PM because um, they like to keep things affordable because they're they do a lot of anar anarchistic books. They do music books too. They've like, done some Black Flag stuff and the X, and uh, they did the punk rock oral history with uh, uh, John Robb. I don't know if you know that guy from the Membranes and stuff, but they like to keep things cheap because that's how they go. And at some point, because of the type of book it's going to be, and they they are aware of what I want to do, and they, he's more than willing to make it happen. Um, that it may have to be a bit more expensive or whatever, but uh, scratch and sniff. Is there going to be a scratch and sniff? <laughs> there, that's a great idea. No, uh, I, I hadn't uh, thought of that. You can but really smell be... the Holliston. <laughs> oh God! That's, oh boy! That's a horrible thought. Maybe the halo. Uh, um, but there will be an uh, opportunity to do some, uh, you know, limited stuff. It won't be the the actual book that is out to the masses. Uh, will be like a soft cover, eight eight and a half by eleven. So basically, the size of a sheet of paper. You know, it'll be like yeah, this kind right. of a size book. Um, but we can do some hard covers that are limited. We can even try to get the guys to sign some of them. I haven't, oh. asked, I haven't asked them yet. Uh, that will that all remains to be seen. As far as what it's going to be, it will be a full. Oral history of No Means No, from the beginning of their start in Victoria till they retired, even a little bit of stuff after they retired, told by them and oh literally, literally everybody that was involved with them, <laughs> like all of their, all of their, all of their tour managers and merch people and and all the bands they played with and all of their wives and friends and partners and. Uh, from all over the world, and there'll be lots of fan stories in there. We're gonna have, it'll be quirky. It'll be a weird little like it, it's going to be linear and narrative as far as an oral history is concerned. But then it'll break. It'll take breaks for quirky little no means noy things like some fan stories or um, weird graphics or, or or things. There's a lot of imagery that I want to cram into this thing that needs to be done a little bit differently than just a mm. straightforward thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll be full color and black and white photos throughout the whole thing. It's not going to be one of these books where you read it for, 
you know, there's one section in the middle of, of, of right, pictures. right. I, I've always hated those. I want like a proper visual. The and, Bible is what this is. Yeah, it's like an anthology. Yeah. So excited. I'm yeah. so excited. Jesus yeah. Christ. And it's kind of long, but the only book I have that's anything I think like that, I don't know. It's a the Jesus Lizard. Do you have the Jesus Lizard book? Funny you that you say that. I, I just ordered one a few days ago because I've heard it's great. And I love Jesus Lizard. Yeah, that's it's so it's coming to me. But I've heard yeah, it's great. So Thanks. You, yeah, it's 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 wide and it's it's got other tour dates in the middle or at, at mm. the end with every band that they they played with. And yeah. then it's got uh, just comments by the guys and lot, lot, lots of cool pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. So it, yeah. It's, uh, you know, and I, I think the the Jesus Lizard book is kind of like this yeah, it's rectangular, rectangular hardcover thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Originally, when I first was thinking about this, I wanted it to be like a coffee table book, kind of like that. Where, But now I've kind of switched gears a little bit where I want it to be large enough that it's visually striking and fun to look, fun to read. But something you can actually carry with you and go and read somewhere, too, at the same time. Nice. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Cause That's great. Coffee table books don't really. I don't know. I just. I, I want it to feel good in your hand. I want it to be that kind of thing. If that makes sense. That's fucking great. Right. Yeah. That. That's fucking great. So you've mentioned, um, you know, everybody, but I mean, um, we've got mm -hmm. a question here. How how mm -hmm. did you manage? I mean, you've mentioned a background in journalism, so maybe you have sne sneaky skills. But how did you make a contact with such a huge cross section of people? Yeah, I don't know. I I love doing it. It's like. Uh, I guess I'm good at it because I love I love the hunt of trying to figure out how to get a hold of people and track them down. Mm -hmm. um, go and the other thing, the advantage again of being in Victoria here is a lot of these people are still here. Like Scott Henderson still lives here. Gary Brainless, I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. know about the Rat's Nest. He, he used to run the Rat's Nest. Um, who, who else is here? There's a million people still here, and uh, so I kind of started with those people. Scott Henderson, by the way. I have to give him a very special shout out here. And in, when the book comes out, he's going to get a lot. He made a lot of this happen because after I submitted that proposal through Melanie and I was waiting to hear, he, I told him about it and he contacted John and Andy and said to them, ah. if, he said, if you're going to let something like this happen, then Jason's the guy to do it. And I was oh like, Oh fuck. Yeah. God. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I, I love Scott for that. Um, anyway, getting, getting to hold of these people, it, it's, I'm a bit obsessive with stuff and I will, uh, I can take on a lot of shit in my brain at the same time. So I've just always got feelers out and, uh, you know, it's, if one thing begets the other, once you've talked to this person, it leads to another person. They'll say, Oh, I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a, a, you know, a little nudge for you or she, yeah, I don't have her phone number. I'll, I'll let her know that you want to get a hold of her. And it just kind of snowballed. Um, nice. and everyone's still around, which is interesting too. Not a lot of people, you know, a lot of punk bands, everyone's dead these days, you know, yeah. and there's no means no world. They're, they're mostly still around, which is really kind of mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as like, you know, there's some, some bigger name people that are like in, that were in bands that played with no means no back in the day, but they've now gone on to bigger fame. That stuff um, is just a matter of uh, hounding them and hoping that they eventually return your call. Nice. Yeah. That's excellent. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. excellent. Does that answer your question, Matthew? I think that's, so it, it's, Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. And the, the, the next two are sort of like two two parts of the same and not looking for specific names because I don't want, you know, to spoilers and but, you know, just uh, we wrote down, um, has there been any pushback, some complications for anyone who was hard to participate? And then on the other hand, um, have there been any pleasant surprises, uh, any real gold mines? Yeah, that have, yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I won't name names for this part of the question. Just, of course not. Yeah. But, but uh, there have been a couple people that didn't want to take part because of emotional attachments or, or hurt feelings. Um, yeah. When I say a couple, I mean literally like two or three. Um, mm -hmm. Almost everybody has said yes, um, with very few exceptions. I think a couple of the people that have said no to me are also uh, not in a great place in life and maybe mentally and stuff like that too. Um, so just from what I sort of learned. Um, so it may not even be so much that they had a bad experience as they just right. aren't in a place where they want to, they don't want to go into their past for other reasons. Sure. Other than that, I've had, I've had lots of famous rock stars decline, but that's just because they're big rock stars and they can't be bothered. Um, but incredibly, 
everybody who's who I need to talk to for the book, like there's nobody missing that is going to be like, oh, why didn't he get, you know, where's Laurie Mercer? No, I got Laurie Mercer. Where's oh, Craig Bougie? Yeah, where's Craig Bougie? I got him. I got, Craig. I got everybody. You know, I got all the main oh. ones. Um, as far as uh, what was the second part? Um, who surprised me? Surprises, yeah. So like, oh my god, I got or, or somebody you weren't expecting to be a, yeah. a rich vein, say right. <laughs> That's a good question. I might have to think about that for a sec. Uh, I just interviewed Bob from Devo last weekend. Oh, which come on. Oh, shit. Mind-blowing. Yeah, Bob Juan is a massive No Means No fan. And, uh, Fuck. And he is... Oh, no. Yeah, I know. So he was really great. He's trying to get me Fred Armisen, who I want to I really want to get, because Fred Armisen oh, yeah. loves No Means No. He's a huge fan, yeah. Um, that was fun. Some of the... Uh, who else has been a good interview? Just on a bike. One of my favorite interviews, actually, and, one of the, and there's a wonderful story going to go in the book, is a guy that's in a band that I never listened to. It's not my style of punk, but uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, and uh, he's now in um, Blink-182. He mm. told this, he loves No Means No, and he went and saw them at the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. And I won't give away the story because it's really good. And he told me this amazing story, and I saw that he did art. Like, he sells art at Punk Rock Bowling and on his website and stuff. And I asked him if he would do a piece of art. And he mailed me. I'll show it to you because this won't it'll be audio. This won't be podcast, on the podcast. Yeah. That's oh, right. Sorry, is, listeners. Is, oh, but uh, a little yeah. teaser from our reaction, apparently. Let's see. The, I won't tell you the story because it'll give it away. But the, the image goes with the story. So he painted this for me. <laughs> nice. Oh, listeners, you're in for a treat. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to go in the book. Um, who else? Like all the Alice Donut wow. guys were super nice. Uh, the Victims Family guys are really nice guys. Really good stories. Um, Shout out to I my know. hometown. They're my hometown band, actually. The Pit- Your Petaluma? The family. Petaluma yeah. guys, yep. Sweet, right. Um, I'm sure there's other examples, Matthew. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little on the spot. No, that's good. My list, no, of course, but, that's good. Yeah. That's that's fucking great. Jello Biafra. Really... Oh, yeah, Jello yeah. talked to me for four really? and a half four and a half hours on the phone. Wow, I'm surprised you got so much out of him. I can't <laughs> imagine Jello. <laughs> that's really off brand. No, that guy's usually so succinct. <laughs> Isn't he crazy? crazy? I knew he was going to be long winded. I, I of course knew going in. I was so excited to talk to him. And uh, it's funny with a guy like that because the first hour or two, I'm like, oh my god, I'm talking to Jello Biafra. This is amazing, and he was great. But by hour four, I'm like, so okay then. I'm like, trying to make it, trying to wrap it up. And oh it's like, God. yeah. Oh, we love Tell each other. Tell me you got the runs or something, man. Jeez. <laughs> He's That's got diarrhea great. of the mouth. Jesus, so. man. What a thrill. What a fucking yeah. thrill to have yeah. dived into this project and yeah. gotten to touch so many people, I'm sure, from in so many different mm-hmm. places. About mm. this amazing band, what a what a fucking dream! Can I mention uh, that we've mentioned this a little bit, gone back a little bit uh, on the, the Facebook group, but a particular sci-fi author? Can I mention him? Oh yeah, yeah I was very, I was very, yeah. very happy about that. It's the only um, mention of Nomi's No I've ever seen in, in literature, especially completely unexpected. An mm. author that I liked and had read for years, right, right. And then there's a reference to No Means No in one of his books, and it turns out a huge fan, um, China Mieville, and then it turns mm-hmm. out you've interviewed him. I did, and that was based. I, I admittedly have never read a single China Mievel book. Um, I will now because I've heard he's great. But uh, that was based on another guy whose name is now escaping me. But another fan on that No Means No page had had posted something about it, and I just was like, at that point, I'm like looking for. Oh, well, that would be kind of cool. Talk to a fantasy sci-fi author guy. Um, sent his manager an email and and. Next thing I know, I had him on the phone. He was really cool. He really intelligent dude, like like intimidatingly intelligent dude. Yeah, um, yeah. He's super smart writer for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, he's also a PhD and a, you know Marxist scholar. Yeah. I, so, so yeah, yeah I felt we'll, like a dummy. We'll, we'll get him on. We'll get him on the podcast eventually. I'm sure. There you go. Yeah. Oh come on, don't because I won't know what to say. I don't. <laughs> I don't like sci-fi. I don't know words. <laughs> Five syllables. We won't, we won't Come on. What's the book called again? The City in the City, right? Is That's that right. It? Yeah. 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 Okay. Although I think my one of my favorites of his is Perdido Street Station. That's a great fucking book. Okay. Um, but he's a great author. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the greatest interviews I did though weren't any name people. It was it was sure. like, 
There's a guy, sure. named, guy named Heis De Witt, who was their Dutch booker and uh, and tour manager early on in Europe, and he was incredible. Like he was there when they got the van stolen in Poland. I'm sure yeah, that story. I want to read all about oh, that. Fuck one. yeah, yeah, that's all in there. Of course, that's a big one. And uh, mm -hmm. like people like that, like just connecting with people in other countries who have this same, very same, similar uh, look, you know, look on life that we kind of do, and that no means no has you know what i mean and just realizing that how they affected people the same way it's pretty cool right right, right. that's actually right. the kind of maybe the the last question we have written down here as mm -hmm. well is um just speaking of that that community and the fact that it's been you know relatively easy by what you're saying relatively easy mm -hmm. to get people to talk about them and everything like that mm -hmm. then um there there is a community it is unusual um people are passionate about them but um what do you think is that unifying core what do you think it is that 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 uh other than the band that um, makes everybody that, that common thread? That's a good question. Uh, like a Slovenian and a Texan and a, yeah. um, you well, know. <laughs> you know, and this is, this is interesting too, because <laughs> I'm sure you guys have maybe had, a, had something like this happen in your life. Uh, what's really weird about no means no is there's almost this, I don't know. I don't know what the word is like this, this, uh, spiritual connectivity thing going on because I keep hearing stories about no means no fans meeting other no means no fans in the weirdest places at the weirdest times and finding out that they're they have this in common in the weirdest ways and I can tell you when it was 90 1991 I went on a, uh, a bus trip with my buddy Dave all through the states it was called the green tortoise it was this like Oh yeah, bus, bus tour. You know the, Love green, the tortoise? green tortoise. Yeah, I was twenty yeah. years. I wasn't even legal age to drink in the states yet, but I had a big <laughs> ID, and it was an amazing, amazing trip. We we went from Seattle all the way to, to Boston, and went like all the way down the the west coast, down through the south, Texas, Louisiana, and then back up the east. And we oh, stopped. Shit. We were in Texas. I was, was ninety one. We were in Texas. I had a, I had a wrong T shirt. I had my my white wrong T shirt, and. Uh, it was maybe two o'clock in the morning and we were stopped at a gas stop every once in a while. I'd be like, okay, everybody, if you need to get stocked up on beer or snacks or whatever, we're stopping for, for a minute and fueling up. And it was middle of the night and I went in to get my snacks and there was this dude wearing a, a hat, a no means no hat. I can't remember if it was a, a you kill me or if it just had the logo or something. I went, Hey, no means no. And he was like, yeah, no means no. And he was from Germany. And he was traveling through the States. He wasn't on my bus. He wasn't on anything to do with what I, what I was doing. He happened to be just traveling to the States at the same gas station in Texas at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Fuck yeah. and nice. I'm like, they're from my hometown. He's like, no. And I've heard shit like that with many other people uh, where, and I'm not answering your question really, but I, I just think that there's this, something about them their, their subject matter the the positivity even though they they sing about a lot of dark subject matter there's there's uh it's always there's always an underlying positivity and hope about love and humanity yeah. and doing the right doing the right thing um it's an, it, it takes a certain type of intellect or, or not even intellect just a certain kind of outlook on life to 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 latch onto that to relate to it and to live your life that way. And I think that, uh, when people have that in common, they, you know, you meet another Nomi's No fan, you know, chances are you're probably gonna get along with that person. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe not hundred exactly. percent of the time, but chances are if that guy likes Nomi's No, if that girl likes Nomi's No, they're probably pretty cool. You know it's I mean? like you have, it's like you have one of the most important things in common already, right? Like you've already exactly. crossed right. that off and you know that, you know yeah. that there's something deep, deep yep. in common. Yeah, or that's, the, that's a great way the qualities it. about you that cause you to like no means no. You have those right, right, right. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're all fucked, so we might as well enjoy ourselves. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's there's so much to it. I I don't know. I mean, you know, they, they, it's funny how they because they sing about such they sing a lot about sort of the end of the world kind of stuff and apocalyptic things and lies and sin and forgiveness and. But it's all done with love somehow, and it's all done and humility and humility, humility and hum and humor. Yes. Back to the humor too, you know. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't think nice. I'll ever get sick of listening to them or talking about them. Hell so. yeah, hell yeah, and yeah. long live this resurgence, man! And thank you for being such a 
vanguard and kind of intimate part of what seems to be a real renaissance, which I'm super fucking grateful for. Thanks, so man. Yeah, I, I feel it too, and I don't think I caused it. I think, or 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 even really had much to do with it. But it, it may, maybe also we're a little delusional because we live in that in this little no means no bubble right. world. But uh, along with the delusion, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is really cool. Like I say, the timing—they seem to be into it. You know, they—they're cool with yeah. like having this resurgence. They've got those T-shirts with Abe Brennan doing them at the bifocal and. All yeah, right. alternative tentacles reissuing the records. Which, I mean, all thank of... God, that's fucking great. Yeah, people are Podcasts. stuck. At, people are stuck at home in COVID isolation and willing to do interviews. Maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, I mean, truthfully, as as kind of morbid as this is, the COVID thing worked in my favor in that sense too, because a lot of these people who would normally be on tour or in studios right, or busy, right, they had the time to talk to me on the phone. So you know, kids me. Again, it was weird timing, you know, certainly not that I would ever wish COVID to have been a thing, but uh, it the timing there seemed to work out kind of too. I don't know. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, well, you know, we're all headed for the nursing home, so this is good that we're doing this now while we still exactly. have our faculties. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. But, exactly. You know, Jordan's son is, uh, is 13. Uh, my, my no, nephew no, 16. Is, sorry. He's 16. 16. My nephew is 16, and, and mm-hmm. he's getting into them. Um, so that's, uh, I have a 13-year-old son plays uh, guitar, and he loves the song Now. That's the one he's watched yeah. last oh, time. Nice, nice. And he's trying to learn it now. Um, nice. But, yeah. Yeah, so we got to keep it. We'll uh, pass. We'll pass it on. Yeah, well, my, yeah. He, my my son counts them as his absolute favorite band of all time. So well, well that's great. That Mine doesn't at all. Being that you are on our podcast, Jason, um, mm-hmm. you know this is it, it is an impossible task and it's a difficult question to answer. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. how about I'll pose it to you this way? Um, you know, we're we're trying to find the the, the best one, the ultimate one. But okay, n- name us. You maybe not a favorite. But one that you might put in your your top five, three out of five times that somebody asks you. How about that? Or your Here. fucking top one if you've got it. If you've yeah, got it in totally. your back pocket, pull it out. That's too, just, too much. Too much to ask. <laughs> it just. It, I can't really do a top one only because it changes for me. You know, exactly. um, and I lo- I'm a list guy. I love that kind of stuff. Real love for me is one of the, my favorite songs of all time. I uh, I could listen to that Whoa. song forever. Well, thank God we pushed, um, push it, pushed it through. Yeah, I know you did, and uh, and it's funny because that's not really it's a, it's a very it sticks out as a much different song than most of the other stuff that they've done as far as it's it's slower and it's really epic and everything. Uh, I really love the Mr. Happy album, and I love the song. I, you know, this is cheesy. I love Cats, Sex, and Nazis a lot. Um, <laughs> again, with the humor thing. Um, and I really love Revenge from the Sex Man mm. record a, a lot. Oh, nice. I, I, when he gets into that, when he gets into that, uh, I can't sing, but uh, when he gets into that uh, line about um, we can't either, most, but we do it all the time. Yeah, so, what I want most in the whole wide world is a girl. Yeah, a girl. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sends shivers down my spine every time I hear that. Um, Fuck but yeah. I like I like most of it. You know, I really do. I don't think there's I don't think there's a lot of tracks I would skip. Nice. That Very good, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. perfect. That's perfect. Listen, mm-hmm. we're super grateful you came on. This has been a fantastic fucking interview. Thank you for Whoa. being our first. Wow. And, Thank uh, you. Absolutely. Super great to hear about the book. I, 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 I think we'll probably release this pretty soon rather than put it in the order because we've got a bunch in the can already. Not a bunch, but right. in the can. So we'll and this isn't an official I, episode anyway because we didn't. You yeah, we'll put it out. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to put it out as a bonus. So I want to let people know because it'll probably still be up. Maybe if it is mm-hmm. that you've got to go fund me going for the book yeah. to help to help uh, help it out. So tell us a little bit about that because I'd like uh, more people. Uh, to yeah. See, I'm to, th- it- I, 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 I know it feels this, weird. I know it feels gonna, weird. This is going to sound it. like this is going to sound like fake uh, humility or something, but I truly feel weirdly embarrassed about doing that. But I, it was. I get it. Um, but I have respect humility. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but it's already it's already been a a, ma- a massive response, a really great response, and I've been able to pay some people uh, who've been helping me. Even though I got the publishing deal, you, especially with a smaller publisher, you don't get any money until the book starts selling. So we're like a, a yeah, ways right. away. So I did that to pay. There's about eight or so people that really stepped up and helped me with like transcribing interviews and uh, just you know running around doing stuff for me. Um, my layout guy, my editor guy, who I just hired on my own, all need to be paid by me. Um, 
and I've got some expenses too. So, you know, I'll, I'll, sure, I'll be of course. So I don't know. I don't even, I feel weird even because I feel like I've got enough already, but if, if anybody, that was, I'm a terrible salesman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you go on the, if you go on the, uh, no means no Facebook fan pages on there somewhere, there's a link to it. It's a GoFundMe, no means no book project. Throw me 10 bucks if you get, if you get a chance. Absolutely. Money go. well spent as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. And I can't fucking, can't fucking wait to throw uh, a giant wads of money. Take my money. Book. That's This is a take my this money. This is a take thing. my money meme if there ever was a fucking. <laughs> I can't believe how many people stepped up and helped. It was really, really kind of humbling. Um, let me show you something before we wrap up. Oh, are, we, are we wrapping up? I get the impression we're wrapping this. up. Yeah. yeah, I think we're wrapping yeah. up here. Oh, is yeah, this? This is just to give you guys, again, this is actually just going to piss off the people that are listening and not seeing. I know, I know. I feel bad but for the listeners. Just to give you an idea. Yeah, what's their of, whistle? I happen to have this as a physical uh, photograph. Um, this is the kind of cool shit that you're going to get to see. Oh, no fucking way. Oh, Holy shit. Shit. Listener, can I describe what that is? <laughs> yes, you can. That's the wait, original wait, 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 cow wait, wait. mask I, nope. photo oh. in color yeah. as just the snapshot. Yeah, uh, that's, oh, that's Andy, by the way. Yeah, that's Andy. Holy Kerr. shit! Yeah. yeah, hell yeah! I, I've gotten this crazy access to this stuff, man. It's insane. Like, it's, I it's, am, sent you the photo. I am. Thrilled. Oh, this isn't from him. This is from the guy that took those photos, and he's a seventy-five-year-old man who lives down by the water in Fairfield here. Fucking a. Yeah. Hell yeah! Holy, my hairs are standing. Up. Well, listen, <laughs> listeners, For you real, got you serious. you all all three all... of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, motherfucker. All right. Right. We are. You guys are in for a fucking treat when this comes out. And uh, Jason, oh thanks God. again. I can't believe what I just saw. You know, we'll probably <laughs> try to. We'll try to. We'll Shanghai you back in as a guest once we. Because in round two of this, once we've talked about all the fucking songs, we're gonna need guest hosts wow. to go yeah. back in and help us vote through uh, the songs we've already picked into round Perfect. three. So we'll yeah. ask you to come back on and actually help us do handicapping some handicapping and such. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. That's, that's a great picture. That's, nice. That's my mouse pad. Nice. I really appreciate right. you guys uh, inviting me on this. So it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to come back. I'd love to come back when closer to when the book's out too, so we can. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and join that. I'll I'll always keep everybody up to date on that fan page um, periodically Excellent. as well. So that's the way to to find out what's going on. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. And listeners, thank you for turning in. This was turning in. No, tuning in. This was a fucking treat, and we hope to have more of these kind of interviews for you in the future. But in the meantime, we'll catch you next week with a real episode. Yeah.